Welcome to our Sunday Sermon Podcast with City Harvest AG Church. Wherever you are in life, we believe that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Here at City Harvest, we believe in the undiluted Word of God and the teachings here will enhance your understanding of the Scripture and will help you grow and mature as a Christian. So we hope and pray that you will be blessed by this sermon. Today's sermon is brought to us by Pastor Samuel Koshi. We are living in an extremely difficult period in the history of our nation. The second wave of the coronavirus pandemic has caused immeasurable devastation and loss. Only time will capture the full extent of human suffering and tragedy that is unfolding all around us. In times such as these, we desperately need a greater revelation of who God is. This morning, I would like to speak to you on the Father Heart of God. One of the main reasons for the Lord Jesus coming into this world was to reveal God to us. The Bible declares in John 1.18, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. We read in Luke 10 and 22, No one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. If we want to catch a closer glimpse of God, then we have to look at God through the revelation in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus described God to us. The Lord Jesus showed us what God is like. An enormous amount of information about God is revealed through a single expression called Abba Father. Would you please turn in your Bibles to Mark 14, verse 32 to 42. They went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the arm might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, Are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray, 
so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. I've entitled this message as Trusting the Father Heart of God. In the Garden of Gethsemane, during the final hours before the crucifixion, the Lord Jesus addressed God using an, a unique title, Abba Father. I want to focus on this title today. The use of the term Abba is pertinent because the title Abba reveals something important about the nature of God. Abba is best translated Dear Father or Precious Father. Abba was a term of intimacy but it also carried with it a sense of reverence. The fact that Jesus addressed God with the word Abba tells us that to him God was not distant or far removed but was intimately involved in his life. New Testament scholar C.F.D. Moore observes this. This intimate word conveys not a casual sense of familiarity, but the deepest, most trustful reverence. The Lord Jesus Christ used this title to address God while facing the most difficult hour of his life. He prayed, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. The Lord Jesus was facing torture and death by crucifixion. In the Gospel of Luke, we are told that he was in such anguish that he had sweat drops of blood. Yet he prayed, not what I want, but what you want. How could he speak to God in this way, in such a difficult moment? The only plausible answer is that he implicitly trusted his heavenly father. I like the reflection by Thomas Mayle, a Scottish theologian. Let me read what he has to say about this passage. The father that Jesus addresses in the garden is the one that he has known all his life and found to be bountiful in his provision, reliable in his promises, and utterly faithful in his love. 
he can obey the will that sends him to the cross with hope and expectation because it is the will of Abba whose love has been so proved that it can now be trusted by being obeyed completely. This is not legal obedience driven by commandment, but trusting response to known love. The Lord Jesus Christ knew that he was greatly loved by his Father. We see at his baptism and at the Mount of Transfiguration, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The reason Jesus could trust his Abba Father in the darkest hour of his earthly existence was the intimacy that he shared with his Father. As I reflect on this, I realize that love that has been proven can be trusted even when things around us don't make sense. The Lord Jesus reminded us in John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble. He did not promise us a life that is insulated from pain, suffering, and sometimes even tragedy. He, however, promises us that he will be with us no matter what happens in our lives. So when we encounter a world full of sorrow and suffering, of death and decay, we don't try to force ourselves to say all is well. Rather we say, the Lord Jesus Christ trusted his Abba Father and we will trust our Heavenly Father who we know is good. If we know that our Abba Father is good and if we have a relationship of intimacy, then we will have the required strength and resilience to face any problem that comes against us. Jesus not only addressed God as Abba, but he also addressed him as Father. This has raised questions for some people. Does this mean God is male? By the way, there is a group of feminist theologians who have a problem with the use of the word father. They say, why not use the word mother? Well, here's what I want to say. The reason we use the word father is that's the way God has been revealed in God's word. And we can't tamper with that. What about those who have had maybe an abusive father or an absent earthly father? How can they relate to God as father? What if they have a hard time addressing God as father? One of my pastor friends shared an incident with me. He was teaching on prayer. And at the end of the service, a lady who was from another faith, she came to him and said, I liked everything that you said. I really enjoyed your talk on prayer. But the moment you said, God is like father, you said heavenly father, you lost me. I had a very bad father. 
And I just cannot get myself to imagine that God is Father. When I thought about it, I felt sorry for the lady. But according to me, the solution is not to do away with the term Father. The problem with us often is that we begin with our understanding of Father and then we project that understanding onto God. That's not the way it's meant to be. When Jesus described God as Father, we have to let Jesus define what fatherhood means. Because ultimately, fatherhood began with God, not with humankind. I like the way Karl Barth puts it. It is not that there is first of all human fatherhood and then so-called divine fatherhood, but just the reverse. True and proper fatherhood resides in God and from his fatherhood, what we know as fatherhood among us men is derived. What does Karl Barth mean? The Trinity has existed even before the world was created. Long before God made humankind in his own image, male and female, God existed as Father, Son and Spirit from eternity past. The relationship between Jesus and God has been defined by the Lord Jesus as that of Father and Son. Their relationship existed even before any human male had offspring. God as Father and Jesus as Son existed before any human father had a son or a daughter. Therefore, fatherhood is first defined by God and Jesus, not by Adam and his descendants. This has tremendous implications and has a great deal of healing. Many people who had a difficult father or an absent father, like the lady I mentioned earlier, they have been wounded, maybe by their biological father. And this makes their thinking of God as father difficult. The solution is not to abandon the term father, but to let the Lord Jesus Christ define what father means. The Lord Jesus spoke many parables and he mentioned about fathers and children. But the most notable, of course, is the parable of the prodigal son. Today, I would like to highlight six characteristics about our Father in Heaven. I want to focus on a very familiar prayer, a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. The nature of God is captured in this popular prayer. His disciples once came to him and said, Teach us to pray. 
I find that fascinating. They didn't ask him, teach us to cast out demons, teach us to perform miracles, teach us how to teach or preach. But they said, teach us to pray. They realized that Jesus' ministry had impact because of his vibrant, passionate prayer life. Jesus responded by teaching them a prayer which is familiar to most of us. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not bring us to a time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. He tells us to begin our prayer by addressing God as Father, which is what he did. Please make note of this. The fatherhood of God is defined by this prayer. I want to focus on six attributes of Abba Father through this prayer. What can we learn about God as Father from this prayer? First of all, we learn that God is near. Our Father in heaven. In Jewish cosmology, heaven did not refer to a place that was far away. Heaven referred to the surrounding atmosphere, the very air that they breathed. Remember at Jesus' baptism, the Bible says, the heavens were opened. In other words, heaven was not far away. It was near. We are reminded in Psalms 46 and verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Do you know that you have a father who's just a prayer away? In short, we have a father who is present. Secondly, we learn that God is holy. Hallowed be your name. God's holiness is connected to his purity. He is separate, separate from others. That's why that expression, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. The Hebrew language, because there's no superlative of good, better, best, of holy, holier, holiest, the only way they can capture the holiness of God is holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Jesus was revealing to us that there is nothing impure about God. This father can neither participate in evil or sin. He is not tempted. He does not tempt anyone. In 1 John 1.5, we are reminded God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. In a word, Jesus was saying, your father is pure. 
Thirdly, we learn that God is the king who rules over everything. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kings have authority and power over others. We know that our God, our Father, is King of kings and Lord of lords. In short, our God, our Father, is powerful. Fourthly, we learn that God is the one who cares for us. Give us this day our daily bread. We have a God who gives rain and sunshine to the righteous and to the wicked. The one who provides a great bounty of provision for all of creation. Even the little birds of the air depend on God for provision. Thus we learn we have a father who provides. Fifthly, God is the one who forgives our trespasses. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God loves to forgive even more than we long to be forgiven. I like the way Richard Foster puts it. At the heart of God is the desire to forgive and to give. There are two things that God loves to do. To forgive and to give. Thus we realize we have a father who pardons. Finally, we learn from the Lord's prayer that God rescues us from trials and evils. Do not bring us into a time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Though in this lifetime we suffer problems, go through illness, maybe accidents or even disasters, God always gets the final word. Nothing can happen in our lives that God cannot redeem. Though we understand some of the things that happen, and some of the things are beyond our comprehension. We come to the realization that our father is the one who protects. The Lord Jesus reveals Abba Father as the one who is present, the one who is pure, the one who is powerful, the one who provides, the one who pardons, and the one who protects. As earthly fathers, we try hard but often fail to reflect these six characteristics. We try to be present for our children, but sometimes we are distant, preferring to immerse ourselves in work rather than spending time with our children. We try hard to be good and pure but we fail miserably at times snapping at our children for minor infractions and being petty and selfish we try to be strong and powerful for our children 
But if we are honest with ourselves, sometimes we are as scared and just as confused as they are. We try our best to provide for our kids, but sometimes we fail to provide. And at other times, we overindulge them. We forgive our children, but sometimes we catch ourselves bringing up their past mistakes. We try our best to protect them, but we are woefully aware that we cannot protect them from all the dangers that lurk all around them. What I would like to emphasize this morning is that fatherhood must be defined not by human fatherhood, but by divine fatherhood. Thus, if I want to be a good father, I must draw near to my heavenly father and allow him to shape my heart into his image. The way God is Abba Father to me teaches me how to be a good father to my children. By the way, if you haven't come across this book, may I recommend a book called The Father Heart of God. It's a book by Floyd McClung Jr., a book that greatly impacted me in the early part of my walk with Christ. Let me draw our attention to another aspect about trusting God in this passage. In Mark 14 and verse 36, we read about the Lord Jesus asking his Abba Father to remove the cup from him. The cup that Jesus was about to partake of was the cup of suffering and shame. The one who knew no sin was going to become sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God. We read in the Gospel of John that when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter tried to resist by using his sword. The Lord Jesus looked at him and asked him to refrain from doing so. The Lord Jesus said, Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? I like the reflection by James Bryan Smith in a book called The Good and Beautiful God. He draws a simple but powerful application about the cup that each of us have to partake of. Smith explains how the cup represents the things that are forced on to us in life. We must all ask the question, what is my cup? What aspect of my life makes it difficult for me to trust God? May I urge you to take some time in this week in quiet reflection, to ponder on the question, what then is the cup that has been given to me by my Heavenly Father? Have you been hurt by a painful childhood? You know you can't change that. 
Have you suffered the loss of a loved one? Have you been unable to find a suitable life partner and you are struggling with the prospect of lifelong singleness? Have you experienced a debilitating illness? Maybe the death of a dream, the loss of a business, the loss of some physical capacity. A cup is anything that we struggle with accepting as our lot in life. Our cup is that thing that makes it difficult for us to trust that Abba Father is good. In November 1993, I was 17 and a half years old. My father, who I greatly loved and respected, went to be with the Lord. As the eldest son, the onus of taking care of the funeral and all the arrangements fell on me. I decided to be strong for the sake of my mother and my sister. In my mind, staying strong was not expressing emotions publicly. So I decided not to weep and I kept my emotions bottled up. I was shocked, devastated by the loss of my father. But outwardly, I was calm, doing everything that I was supposed to do mechanically. I remember going through the funeral arrangements, waiting for everything to get over and waiting to be left alone. After the funeral was over, I came home, came into my room, shut the door and sat on my bed in silence. For many hours, I sat there. All kinds of thoughts were passing through my mind. I was worried about the future. I was worried about the church which my father pastored. I was worried about all that lay ahead of us as a family. I came to a point where I wanted to weep, but tears never came. I don't know if you've ever been in such a place where you wanted to cry, but you were unable to cry. I was in such a place. As I sat there in silence, two thoughts bothered me. One, did I really love my father? If I did, why am I not crying? Secondly, have I lost my mind? Why am I not able to react to what has happened? As I pondered on all of this, something that I was taught as a child came back to me. My parents had taught me, when you don't know what to do, pray. I got off my bed, knelt beside my bed and said these words, Heavenly Father, as every Christian child is taught to pray, I had been taught to address God as Father at a very early age.
From the age of five, I had been calling God Father. Now, I was 17 and a half. But I remember the day, November 13, 1993. As I said the words, Heavenly Father, the fatherhood of God gripped me. And I realized that this God was going to be my father all the remaining days of my life. And that realization broke me. I was no longer weeping because my father was not there. I was weeping because I suddenly discovered the fatherhood of God. This event made an indelible mark on my life. Things have never been the same. Now when I address God as Father, I understand that He is my Abba, Father, precious Father, beloved Father, dear Father. When we look at our life's journey, in which a loving Heavenly Father gets the last word, then details begin to make sense. When things all around us begin to crumble, when fear and doubt threaten to overwhelm us, we need a clear conviction that God is Abba Father and that He is always there with us. The Father whom Jesus reveals would never do anything to harm us. The Father whom Jesus reveals has no malice or evil intentions. The Father whom Jesus reveals is completely good. Thus, I can trust Abba Father even when things all around me look bleak and gloomy. I want us to respond to God's word. In the season of pain and suffering, have you experienced the Father heart of God? The word of God reminds us in Psalms 103 and verse 13, like a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. In Romans 8, 14 to 16, the Bible says, the spirit that we have received does not make us slaves again to fear, but the spirit we have received is a spirit of adoption whereby we can call our God, Abba, Father. We have received the spirit of adoption and that's why we can call him Abba, Father. The Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave he authority to become the children of God. When we accepted Jesus into our lives, we have been given this privilege whereby we can call him our Father. The Bible declares in James 1 and verse 17, every good gift, every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning and no variableness. The Father of lights, that is our Father. What about us? Have you experienced 
the unconditional love of our heavenly father is your relationship to your heavenly father one of trusting response to known love once you recognize that you are greatly loved the bible says i have loved you with an everlasting love even before our earthly parents loved us even before our family and relatives came around us there was a god who loved us from eternity past and he will continue to do so all the days of our life into eternity future that is the love of god once you recognize the love of this father then you are able to respond and say i will trust you no matter what happens and we surrender and pray above father if it is possible please take this cup from me nevertheless not my will let your will be